You know, usually I said we're good, and on 48 episodes or whatever we're up to now, you always hear we're good. So one of the, I'm gonna have to like say something different this time. Like, hey, I got it to work. Sure. All right, here we go. Process preparation and performance. I'm Duke. He's Simmons. We have Coach Hauser here tonight. Jr. We are getting into the spring season. We got some baseball going on. You and I both love baseball. You're writing a book about baseball. Uh, which is pretty awesome, due out here uh, pretty soon and sometime later this month. But we're closing in on episode number 50. Uh, a couple of housekeeping things real quick, JR. Our clinic is February 17th here at Tipton. 20 bucks a person to cover lunch. I promise you, if it's not the best lunch you've had at a clinic, we'll give you your money back. Uh, great speakers. It's it's one of those clinics, JR, where you get to – you don't just hear coach speak for a few hours. I mean, if you ask a question, people will tell you the how – and the why behind what they do. So look forward to seeing you there. Space is limited. We're not letting a whole lot of people. We're kind of, kind of keeping it small so that you can get everything you need out of it. But Jr., your favorite sport. We got a baseball guy on the show now. Tell us what's up. You know, it's. Uh, I was going to say the only problem with the clinic is his football, and that's going to endear me to every single listener <clears throat> on this podcast that I just said that. But when you mentioned we're getting close to spring, this is no offense to the basketball teams, wrestling. I'm done with being in the gym. Like I, I'm tired of supervising in the gym, and then it's 70 degrees a day, and I just want to get outside. It's time for spring sports and to get out there and, and start working on all those. So we are very lucky today. We have the head coach of the Kickapoo Chiefs, Jason Hauser, who has assured us that he is very entertaining. Coach Thomas told us he was very entertaining. And uh, he's shaking his head right now. But, Coach, thank you so much for coming on, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. And we had talked uh, – Coach Duke and I were talking about how having a, a baseball person on, I really like it because I coached for years at Jeff City and had a – I guess I'd say a cameo at Southern Boone. That's a whole other story. But, uh, you know, with the other friend I got. But you also coach softball. Correct. And I have gotten to where, being in assistant AD world now, I almost like watching softball better. It, it's probably uh, not, not I'd say popular to say that maybe with all my baseball peers, but it's faster pace. You got to make split second decisions because the distances are so reduced. And coaching girls is is way different. Uh, I did powder puff for three years. That thoroughly changed my life. Uh, with having to deal with girls out there. It's just a totally different situation. What do you see as the biggest difference between the two? Um, well, first of all, um, I, I'd never coached girls prior to accepting the, the head coaching position here at, at Kickapoo. And uh, in the time of my life, I have a daughter. Um, she's now a sophomore in high school. And I got a phone call. I was actually coaching a summer game. Um, in Memphis, Tennessee, from our athletic director. It was the last weekend tournament of the summer. And no offense, but when your AD calls you that late in the year and you thinking you're going to have fall off, you, I answered the phone in the dugout and I was like, this can't be good. And he said, hey, our, our softball coach just resigned and practice starts in like two weeks. And we had just, our, our 12 had just funded for a brand new facility because we did not have a facility on site. And so our girls were traveling over to Metter, um, which is a park about oh, 10 minutes from the high school every day to practice. 
and the field was going to be released. Um, and they had two weeks to find a, a softball coach. And of course, all teaching positions were already taken. So he, he said, well, how do you feel about, about coaching softball? And I said, well, let me talk to my wife. And so after the tournament, I got a hold of, of my wife and I was like, what do you think of me? Cause I'm, I'm not the easiest guy to be around in the dugout for boys. Um, and my tone was probably more um, geared towards that uh, in my coaching career. Uh, but, you know, we had a talk and she said something that really kind of impacted me. And she said, well, you have a daughter. And if this can help you be a better dad to your daughter, then why wouldn't you do it? And that is like the light kind of came on. And I was like, all right, I, I can do this. I mean, I can't can't do can't be that bad at it. Uh, and honestly, since I've started um, 10 years in and I absolutely love coaching uh, fast pitch softball, uh, the girls are totally different than the boys. I would agree 100 percent. Um, and, uh, but I enjoy the change from the guys from spring to summer into the, to the young ladies on the other end of it uh, as well. And R12 has done a great job of, of supporting softball and we've gotten really good assistant coaches in, um, Chelsea Turner, who is a, a division one pitcher at Missouri state, um, is my assistant, uh, there. And then, uh, we picked up another coach that was an all stater from Lee Summit West coach G. Uh, and then I, over time, I convinced our catching coach, our catching coordinator for baseball, Lance Jarman. Um, he is now uh, our fourth coach there, and he works exclusively with the catchers and a lot of the hitting uh, as well. And he was kind of, you know, like me. I don't know about this. I don't know if I'm geared for this. And I said, you'll love it. I mean, you'll absolutely love it. Uh, and as I told the guys, and I tell the guys in the springtime this, I said, the difference really that I see is the difference between boys and girls is if you say, okay, we got a two-hour practice, and for two hours – we're going to try to run through that brick wall. They'll be like, okay, let's get organized. Who's going to run first? I'll run first. I'll run second. And they'll just keep running into it. And if you tell them now you got to lower your shoulder a little bit more, then they'll do it. But if you tell guys, they're like, well, my hitting coach doesn't want me to run through that brick wall. My pitching coach doesn't want me to run through that brick wall. I mean, it's just 100% buy-in, my experience. And it's it's a really a pleasure um, to coach those girls. Not that I don't have great we have fantastic kids at Kickapoo. We really do. I'm extremely blessed to be where I'm at and coach the boys and the girls. But the the willingness of the girls to bring everybody in and inclusive and even the girls that have never played softball before, they're their best friends by the end of the first week. Just, I mean, just all welcoming. And for me, I'd really never kind of seen that aspect. Uh, and I really enjoy it. I, I really do. I've, I've had the opportunity to actually, uh, coach a young lady in baseball she started off playing baseball and then ended up going on to play softball and uh i have to ask because this comes up from time to time we hear it between the girls and the guys every boy who plays high school baseball is like man i would just hit bombs off of you you know and i'm like they're a lot closer and the ball comes in a lot different so yeah. coach do you ever let the girls just take one of those baseball guys put them in the box and make them make them regret it no, honestly, we thought about having a fundraiser in the fall and advertising to the school and saying, hey, come on out. Fundraiser for the softball girls. You get five pitches. And we've got two really good, well, really good pitchers. And the guys, I mean, I think the respect is there. Um, but I think the challenge would be immediate. And if, if you've ever played fast pitch softball, you know it 
I mean, it's by you, it's rising, it's it's a change up, it's moving. Uh, and if a girl can spin it, it doesn't really matter how hard she throws it uh, either. If she can spin it and hit locations and it would be a challenge, that's for sure uh, as well. I got to coach 24 hours of girls softball at Jeff City during the COVID uh, situation. Because one of our coaches, and you, it's Coach Lasley, who's our yeah. head baseball coach now. Yeah. He got COVID. And Coach Miller said, what do you think? I go, let's do it. And Kara Daly, uh, if anybody doesn't know who she is, look her up. She plays up at Mizzou. Hit a ball harder and farther than I've ever seen a high school mm -hmm. girl ever hit a ball in my entire life. Yeah. And it, it might have went out of our baseball field. And now it was – uh, go ahead. Softball's, softball's changed. I mean, it's it's it – Power is is the name in every game now, baseball and softball. Um, and you see a lot more of that for girls coming in that they're they're trying to not just make contact, they're trying to drive the ball. They're trying to score a run with one swing. Uh, and we've had some girls that can do that, uh, but we've also had some girls that can just run like the wind. Uh, so a nice mixture of it is is really, really nice. Uh, and if I if I had to choose to build my lineup, I'd like a little bit of both. It seems to me with softball, which is different than baseball, especially with the current like playoff situation that we got, if you got one arm, <laughs> you're in every game. In baseball, you really got to have two. Yeah. And it's helpful if you got three, especially class five, class six level. But I watch those girls and, and those pitch a game and then another game and then another game and then another game. And it, it's just different. Um, quick, funny story with that whole 24 hours. I was standing on first base coaching in the first district game, and this parent, I can't remember who we were playing, somebody from Lee Summit, and they, they said, Coach, how, how tall is your shortstop? And they were talking about Karen. I said, well, she's about eye-to-eye -eye with me, and I'm six one. He goes, man, he goes, how long have you been coaching softball? And I looked at my watch, the 23 hours. And he's <laughs> like, are you serious? You know, and I thought, oh, there's a little bit of a story behind this there. You know, but did it you, seems – go ahead. Did you win? We won the first game, uh, the game I coached the night before, and then we lost uh, the first round of the, the district game, which it sucked for me because the girls kind of figured out, okay, I kind of do a little bit know what I'm talking about. I can help you a little, which I think you kind of alluded to that with girls. Once they, I think once they trust you and they think you know what you're talking about, you're, you're going to get that run through the brick wall yeah. situation. And the night before, we'd played Troy and beat them, and then we just come up a little bit short there uh, against whoever was one of the least summit schools. But we were um, we were told to ask you, uh, according to Coach Thomas, uh, about maybe a homeless guy on your dugout or something <laughs> about uh, – a golf cart on the mound. But I told Coach Duke, I said, in the interests of decorum yes. and uh, keeping the peace and me not trying to start an international incident about two hours down the road in Springfield, I will <laughs> ask you this question. <laughs> so I appreciate that. <laughs> rival baseball coaches. Uh, up here at Jeff City, I don't know if they'll have to listen to the podcast, but Chris Weirich at Elias. We're pretty big rivals with him. I love Chris to death. Uh, Justin Tower for Rockbridge. We had a hard time mm -hmm. beating him forever. Love Justin to death. It seems to me, because I've coached both football and baseball, baseball coaches who are rivals tend to get along a little better, willing to help each other, somewhat be friends than rival football coaches or other coaches. Why do you think that is? 
Um, I don't know. I think your I think your assessment is is right on. Um, we've got a lot of good high school baseball coaches down here now. I've this is my 26th year of teaching. I was nine years an assistant under Mike Essick at Ozark, who won two state championships. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, so I learned a lot under him. But there was a lot of good coaches in the area when I was an assistant coach. And just being able to be around him and watch him how he handled all the coaches with the utmost respect. It doesn't matter if they've ever won or didn't win. Um, I thought that was, I, I took away from that. Um, and I think you're right. I think high school, at least from my ex- experience, high school baseball coaches have been more willing to set, have conversations. Um, and and we've got, like I said, nine years in assistant, 20 years up here at Kickapoo, and I've had the opportunity to, to see a lot of the good coaches like Coach Hagler and, and, and Coach Stratton, and they've retired, and then there's other coaches, but and then move into maybe some more of the new coaches like Scott McGee at it at Willard, uh, who ironically I coached in high school, um, Casey Little over at Rogersville, and Logan Hughes down in Nixa. Um, and it, just getting to know those guys, everybody's pretty – there's no real egos. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, and maybe that's the nature of our game. Um, in that, you know, if you win at a 550, 600 clip in baseball, you're probably a Hall of Famer. I mean, you don't win every game because, as you alluded to, you're not going to always have your number one, your number two, or even your number three on the mound, especially when you're playing 36 games in two and a half months. I mean, it is a the longest, shortest season you will ever see, and you're going to have to have depth. And the matchups will dictate a lot of things. And so I think it keeps the humility down as well. Uh, in general. And so I think guys are more willing to talk and, and share. And honestly, down here in Southwest Missouri, you get, I mean, at least I, I get along with everybody. Yes. When it, we get between the lines, everybody's trying to do their best to put their team in a situation to win, which you should do. But after the game, before the game, um, we all realize that we're part of maybe a little bit bigger picture, which is baseball and in, in, in the state of Missouri. JR is right. Uh, a lot of football coaches have a list of other other coaches that you'd like to put on the schedule whenever you can. Um, Coach, that's incredible. You know, coaching on both sides of it, you know, I one of the reasons why I liked my wife is she played college softball. One day she was like, hey, you want to go play catch? And I was like, all right, let's see what this is like. And the ball hit my glove and I was like, yes, <laughs> you're the one. Perfect. <laughs> um, but in your time coaching, and I want you to tell us a little bit about your kids and your team this coming year, but in your time coaching, what have you seen being been the top one or two things that's really just kind of changed the way, not just you approach the game, but your team, the mindset, all that stuff as it was 20 years ago? Um, I think there's a better need for, for communication. And, um, you know, when I came out, I played college baseball, played for Gary Rourke at Crowder, uh, and then went up to UCM, which was CMSU at the time, uh, played for Dennis Woody my junior year, and then he left to take the cross-checking job for the Kansas City Royals at, at Christmas. And they brought in a guy from Texarkana Junior College, and his name was Dave Van Horn, and who's now at the University of Arkansas. Uh, and just learning Honestly, college-wise, through their communication, when I got into high school, I was 
fresh out of that mindset um, and intensity. And I, tr I tried somewhat successful to bring that to the high school level, but I was probably overcooking it, for lack of a better phrase, uh, most of the time. Um, I, I think that the kids respect me, but I, I needed to learn how to be a, a more effective communicator, me. Um, and so uh, what I found, and I'm not, the, I'm not the best coach in the world, but what I've really tried to work on is a more clear, effective communication uh, and pick your times to be um, maybe a little bit more firm. Uh, than every time being uh, firm on the other end of it. And I think once you build those relationships with the kids, which we're able to do, um, they'll respect that. Um, and when you get that respect, then you know they'll run through that brick wall for you uh, at the end of the day uh, as well. And, and hey, let's, let's not forget, if you've got some talent, you're always, I mean, that's always a help uh, at the end of the day. And we've been blessed to have some talented players here. I got to laughing to myself here when you're kind of talking a little bit about, you know, you need the one and the two. There'll be some coaches that come out to the flip. Well, my, my one's an ISS. My two's mom just took him to this. You know, three got arrested. Four, it's like, well, who are you pitching today, man? Yes. Like, it, just throw somebody out there and we'll just yeah. figure all this mess out. You know, but I think you're very perceptive when it, I believe talking about you just learn how to manage kids. And I think it's an age thing. You know, I think back when I first started, I think everybody's got an idea of what it should look like. But then over time, I think you figure out how to just work with the kids that you've got. And For they sure. all need your help. Uh, I've made a statement a lot. Just because you got the title, Coach, don't mean you're a good one. Yes. You know, you, you've got to figure out how to get the kids that are on that team specifically to play at the highest level they can. And some of them, will surprise you and the talent the overarching factor there if you got two dudes throwing 90 plus you're gonna look like a genius if you got those send them my way yeah no I, I agree and and there's there's so much more with it i mean i can remember when i when my first year at kickapoo and we were the largest classification at the time um you know i had a pitching coach that wasn't even in the building and we had to find a third coach um and so now it's evolved. Sports has evolved. I mean, sports is a pillar of our society and it's evolved all the way down. And so now it, there's more of an emphasis put on it. But I think they also realize the correlation between when kids are involved, whether it be sports or activities, they're more likely to stay out of trouble, get good grades. They have a reason to come to school. They have a reason to say no on Friday night when someone offers them something. Um, and so we've had it. We've been extremely blessed with being able to find good young coaches and older coaches that will pour into these kids. Uh, and as I tell my parents at every uh, meeting at the beginning of the year, you know, if all you ever get out of this is your kids are around the people that, that are, that are coaching in our program, consider yourself blessed because I see the trappings that every day in the hallways of kids that don't have that. So I think the relationship and communication is great, but you also have to have, you know, it takes a village. I heard someone say once, but you got to have that good support system uh, is around. And, and I've been very fortunate to be able to have the support from the school district, to be able to hire coaches from the booster club, to hire summer coaches uh, and just really good individuals, whether that be softball or baseball. Very, very blessed. 
That's that's cool, Coach. I agree with you. Communication and knowing when to maybe be a little bit more harsh than others and when to love love somebody up, whether that's tough love or put you know put your arm around yeah. people can, can go both ways, right? So correct. Uh, that, that that sounds pretty awesome, Coach. We are we are going to get into uh, our speed round. <laughs> Seven innings. Seven questions might hit extras. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, but these are just crazy questions uh, that we come up with. You get a chance to answer. It gives your uh, players, your parents, your family, your school to learn a little bit more about you. I promise you there won't be any uh, any golf cart on the mound questions or <laughs> what happened. Or homeless there. people on, on, the, on top of the dugout. Uh, you know, it's funny. It's Coach Thomas, after we got off here, I said, all right. What, what can we ask me? He's oh man, you got to get him on these too. <laughs> now wait a minute, he had his own homeless guy living up in the in the high jump pit that he didn't bother to tell you about as well. No, he oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Now that's that's not very common around our area. The young man that was on top of my dugout, it was a one time thing, uh, and me and Billy Buckley, the wrestling coach, went out there because he came in. He said, "There's a sleeping bag on top of your first base dugout," and we went out there, and it was cold. It was in the winter, and it was cold. And I didn't know what to, I didn't know really what to do. Uh, so we started banging on the dugout and the guy had zipped himself all the way up in it. And he was a young man from Europe that was adopted by the Amish and didn't want to live wow. in that life. So they kicked him out and he had a sleeping bag. And he said, I'm just trying to stay off of the ground. And he hopped down from the dugout, grabbed a sleeping bag and away he went uh, on the other end of it. So it, was, it doesn't happen very often, but that was a. And uh, something to talk about around the lunch table that day for sure. Seems like everybody's got like one or two really just one-off yeah. stories that are either a bizarre or or too bizarre. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. And like Bill and I have talked. There's there's so many stories of football coaches like or you always got a press box story. Sure. Like something has happened in the press box. I think like baseball trips when we took the kids down to Florida or Atlanta or there was always something. I'll never sure. forget one bus driver. I, I thought mm-hmm. I could probably drive the bus earlier or better, but uh, yeah, there's <laughs> always something. What an incredible story, though. It's just uh, you just never know. All right, Jr. I don't know what theme music you're going to attach to this, but are you ready for seven innings? I'm ready to roll. All right, Coach, are you ready? Yes, yes. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Inning number one: cheeseburger or steak? What are you ordering? Steak. Steak. Number two, American or European cars? American. Inning number three, we're flying, JR. He's winning one field that you want to play a game at before it's over. Oh, does it matter if it's professional or collegiate or high school? Doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, I would say Yankee Stadium, but I can't stand pinstripes. So I'm going to go with Bush. Bush, there you go. Yeah. All right, number four, have you ever been to a hockey game? Um, I have not. Oh, man, JR. I, I, would, I would like to, but I've, I've, never, I've never gone. It's fun. It is yes. so much fun. Inning number five, music, yes or no at practice, and what kind is it? Yes, music at practice, and that's a relatively new thing for us, but I've watched other coaches implement it uh, and the things that I've kind of read about it. And then I always thought about my college days and like we were taking BP and there was always music on it. It just always kind of picked up the mood a little bit. 
So, uh, yeah, we'll play it. But, you know, you got to be careful with a little bit with music. Like Coach Jarman, he'll have his his tunes that he spins, and they're a little bit southern country, or country southern rock, something like that. Um, Coach Sweet will put on something a little bit more modern because he's younger. So we'll mix it up a little bit. I've even toyed with the idea, as long as it's clean, letting the kids uh, put together something on the other end of it. But, man, I can't understand half of what they're saying. So I don't know if it's clean or not most of the time. That's the key. The DJ is the key to that <laughs> yes. entire one right there. So I've asked this question uh, since we kind of started our two-minute drill with the football coaches and now seven innings that we're going to do with baseball coaches that come on here. Uh, this is my last one. If you had to pull off a heist at a museum, what three people are you taking with you and why are you taking them with you? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, well, I'll take my daughter, first of all, um, because her smile can probably get away with just about anything. Um, I'll take my... Uh, son because he's cautiously smart on the other end of it uh, and then I'll probably take the arguably the greatest man I've ever known which is my father and that's just because if I'm going to try something he might as well be with me there that's you go. perfect perfect all right coach inning number seven you might have to go into extras I don't know right. this is for your baseball players and for the uh for the lunch table there at Kickapoo you may not <laughs> want to answer what's your hidden talent Mine? Yep. I don't I don't know that I I don't know <laughs> that I have a hidden talent. Um and you've stumped me. Um I, I would I would like to think that I'm a pretty good hunter. Um and and so I don't know that a lot of those guys around the, the lunch table hunt. I know Nate claims to be a hunter, but I haven't seen any meat on the table ever from that dude. Uh, so uh, Buckley claims to be a hunter. I don't know about him. Sweet. He, he had to go back and get more ammunition the last time he went. So I doubt that's the case. So I'm going to go with that. He's the guy when you say, what'd you kill? And he goes, we took three boxes of shells. <laughs> exactly. It <laughs> sounded like the World War III broke out over there. No, I didn't, didn't see anything. Didn't see anything. That's fantastic. <laughs> So, Coach, thanks for participating in that round. And what Bill and yeah. I started doing is uh, anybody who gets through the round and, and, and whatnot, they get a chance to ask us one, two questions, anything they want off the top of their head. So, okay. if you got something on top of your head, help yourself, and we'll, we will answer. Okay. So, I think Jr. is writing the book on baseball. What what's it, what's the uh, subject matter? What are we what are we writing on? So the book I've got coming out, which uh, I better get my butt in gear. I've got to put this manuscript in in eighteen days. It's how to dominate the bunt game defensively. Because I think the system that we came up with uh, at JC, me, Brian Ash, Brett Skinner, and Laz, and some of these guys, it is very good. And we've always talked, Brian and I have always talked about sitting down and putting this on paper and get what Bill calls mailbox money. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's in my brain. And I've got a few chapters written. It's very hard to write a book. I've learned once uh, just getting through an introduction, something else. But sure. now that I'm into the nuts and bolts of it, of how we did it, uh, I'm willing to sort of give away most of the store. Probably keep a couple things back just in case someday uh, I got to go back and do it. <laughs> but uh, I tell you what, I will, uh, I'll send you a complimentary copy. I'll oh, even I'd love sign it. it. 
And, I'd love uh, it. That would be awesome. Thank you. We'll get uh, your recommendation on the, the next novel. That'll probably take me forever, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's in my head. And, you know, a lot of the clinics we went to, I mean, we just had the, the one up here in Jeff city, you know, not mm-hmm. too long ago. And I listened to all these people talk. I'm like, you know what you're talking about? Like, <laughs> This is how you do this. This this yeah. stuff ain't rocket science, man. Mm-hmm. Like, but, and but, it'll, it'll be fun. Yeah, it sounds like that's that's intriguing. I'm, I'm good for you that you're going to put it down on paper. And then What's Duke, what are you guys football. Jam- I'm sorry. What are you jamboree with? Okay, so we open up our jamboree is uh, March 9th, which is Saturday, and we just got a turf infield, so we're going to host it, and we've got Willard. Uh, and Aurora coming over for our jamboree. And then opening weekend, uh, we've got a four-game set down in Memphis um, that we're taking um, the varsity down for uh, on the other end of it. Uh, and and that's at the backside of our, our spring break. So um, going to be in uh, – there's a tournament. It's at Lewis and and I believe – it's not Lewis and Clark. That's my teaching. But it, there's an – it's I can't recall the name. But just to actually look for it, saw it this summer, called um, – the coach and he was just as good as gold. Talked to me like he'd known me forever, uh, and we ended up getting two games on Friday down at U.S. Ballpark there, uh, and then going over to Bartlett High School and playing two games on Saturday. But he was so nice. He was like, "Yeah, you want to come down on Thursday? You can work out in our indoor facility." And and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So we're on spring break anyhow. So I think our guys are going to look forward to that. And I think it's always good if you can get out of town that opening weekend. Um, to face some new competition. So we're going to see teams from Illinois, uh, Tennessee, uh, in that opening weekend, which I think our kids are pretty excited about. So during the Jamboree, if Scott McGee tries to steal home when your pitcher comes <laughs> set, you need to walk out of that dugout and go, Jared yeah. said to knock this crap off. It is yeah. March whatever, and we can't yeah. be doing this right now. <laughs> you know what? He, kudos to him because he always tries to find an angle. Great young – not young anymore. I mean, he's a great coach. Uh, and you've got to prepare, and and I yep. think that's the the sign of of good coaches is when you have to prepare for what they do. Uh, we've yep. played them so often that I think our kids kind of have an idea of what's going on uh, on the other end of it, and that's another healthy rivalry between coaches as well as players uh, on the other end of it uh, as well. So yeah, I got him, uh, and then Aurora, which is James Hoffman, who's won two yeah. state championships uh, at, at the class three level, and he'll bring his team over. And what a good dude he is. Uh, and they he just squeezes every ounce out of his kids every year uh, to make them really good baseball players. That's great. That's great. I can't wait to uh, look and check the schedule there, Coach, and see how you guys did that opening weekend and follow yeah. you along here. JR taught me, because uh, we had Coach McGee on the podcast. We did. And it was the Willard way. I remember his hat with the big W on it. And he mm-hmm. got out there talking about, we start teaching this when they can barely hold a glove and a bat. You're going to steal mm-hmm. home, baby. That's what he was talking about. So Yeah, he's he's got a good, real good program uh, built out there. I, he's he's done a really, really good job. Well, just beat him. Beat him, Coach. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. If we can, we will. I promise you that. JR, <laughs> it's been, baseball, man. It's baseball season. We got to get some more baseball coaches on here. We do, we do. It uh, it breaks up the monotony a little bit. So uh, there's only so many ways you can run the football or throw it. But uh... stop it, stop it. <laughs> so Duke, my question to you. Yeah. Um, how long have you been coaching football? This is year twenty-five. Oh. Okay. I and 
in Chicago coaching middle school football while I was going to med school and uh, continued coaching football. Had a couple of years where I wasn't directly on the field, um, but this is year 25 for me. Awesome. Oh. I think I'm the oldest guy on this on this uh, Zoom. So. <laughs> We're like a year apart, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking So, oh, Coach – uh, Awesome. I love this. Coach Duke always says the oldest game ever invented is tag. Yep. And on this podcast, uh, what we've done since uh, probably about episode 15 or so is any guests that we have on, we allow them to tag the next guest. And it has to be somebody that you know, uh, somebody that we can get a hold of that might look at their phone like I texted you and said, who is this mm -hmm. fool and what is going on here? Uh, so you, you could tag Joe Torrey or somebody, but mm -hmm. we got to be able to get a hold of this guy. Or you can so tag Aaron Judge, uh, any other Yankees you like, you know. Easy, uh, <laughs> easy. So let me ask you this. Does it have to be baseball then? Are you wanting to stay with that? Whatever so, you want. So I've already – because Nate let the cat out of the bag, and then I – of course, I told all those coaches at Cape Cod, I said, you're the next one. They're like, oh, no, no, I'm not good on a podcast. But we've got a real – I think one of the best coaches in the state of Missouri that coaches cross-country – here and his name is Jeremy Goddard and okay. his program is unbelievably successful and he outworks just about everybody I know um, and his preparation for the season his passion for his kids is unbelievable so if you want to go cross country we can go with him um, as far as that goes and I told him today and he said I can't I mean you think Nate's a little bit backwards, and I am. Wait till you get Jeremy on here. You might have to go two hours to get him to stop talking on the other end of it. But I'm telling you, the, they won the state championship in cross country, was two years ago? And I believe they won it on Saturday. And his kids were in on Monday running at 6 a.m. again. Like, I mean, just, and I'm like, not even a week off. And he goes, we're runners. That's what we do. And he is so he's so into the process with these kids that when they buy in, he's got a lot of talent. But when they buy in, it's really really impressive to watch uh, their work ethic. Not that you know, I could I could go to our basketball coach Mitch McHenry. I've got three or four guys on my coaching staff, in my opinion, that are wonderful coaches. But with cross country season or track season coming up, I guess, and he's also the head track coach. That might be a, a good I don't know deviation from what you're doing. Um, if you're, if you're up to it. Absolutely. I have one experience with cross country because we host this big Jim Marshall cross country invite up here over at our course across town of Jeff city. And I ended up in the catch tunnel and I was given a real quick, brief explanation. Do not touch the kids. They can crawl <laughs> the line, put these gloves on and they're probably going to pass out. And I remember looking at our AD at the time and I said, is this legal? <laughs> like, uh, so yeah. it will be, uh, this is going to be interesting. I, I've definitely got some questions for coach Goddard. Yeah. So that's going to, that's uh, going to work out. Perfect. That'll awesome. work perfect. Oh man. You know what, JR, at least once a week, I'm laughing like crazy. Every time we do this. <laughs> <laughs> laughter is like the best medicine, man. I love this. It's like, we've always talked off air. One of these days, we just need to start a podcast called tag. And I'm going to go down here to break time, and I'm going to ask some guy what his name is. And he's going to say it's like Bob or something. And we're going to throw Bob on here. 
and then he's going to tag somebody and he's going to tag somebody and he's going to tag somebody. It would be probably the most insightful podcast with yeah. skills that people have that you just For wouldn't sure. even know. And yeah. who knows where it would go. I mean, who knows where it would go? Good so, and bad. Who knows where it would go? That, that's a fact. Who do, it's like, uh, this is uh, Stockport County Prison. Will you accept a collection call? From, what are we doing around here? So, who knows? They are, I, do have a, I do have a field trip idea before we let Coach Hauser go. So okay. Tomorrow school. I want to do a podcast live from this lunch table down there at Kickapoo. Oh, <laughs> oh dude. I'll tell you what. Let's do it. Like, uh, I, I will take I, the day off. We'll come down. Uh, I just actually emailed your AD today on something that I was looking to get our golf team in. So we'll get it approved with him, and uh, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do it. This well, it, is, it would be it is, miraculous. I, I I don't know how it is at any other school, but because coming from six years at Ozark and then up and at Ozark, it was everybody sit around the same table and kind of got after it. Um, but here, as our AD Scott Phillips said one time. Man, the more you win, the more that they just just try to blow you up. So I mean, every every I mean, we've got our head basketball coach, we've got uh, our defensive coordinator for football, uh, DJ Peterson. We've got Lance Jarman. Uh, we've got Billy Buckley, who is our head wrestling coach. We got Jason Sweet, who's our strength and conditioning coach. And then we'll have drop-ins as well, almost kind of like yeah. guest visitors. And we just we just take that 30 minutes to just ride one another. And it's, it really is. I think when I retired, I might miss that more than just about anything uh, on the other end. Of course, Nate's there and he's, he's telling lies is what he's doing most of the time anyhow. So, but it's, it's really a lot of fun is what it is. Yeah, we're doing What I've noticed with him on and you on, you can tell everybody down there, everybody sports each other. Everybody's yes. all in for each other. And then everybody just likes to aggravate each other. Yes. Because, because yes. if you can't have fun, to me, this ain't worth doing. I mean, that's Agreed. why we love this podcast. We just meet such interesting people, and you just never know what's going to come out of their mouth from rodeo clowns and people running naked <laughs> in the desert to who knows what else we've heard on air. I mean, it's yeah. it's just interesting. Yeah, it's well, you're right. It's short, and we don't get paid that much, so let's have fun while we're doing it. Pulling the rope in the same direction down there at Kicking Boots. Yeah. That's for sure. Lunch table. We're going to get this yes. done before state track. <laughs> We're going to do it. Or everybody come up to state track. I'll give you some priority parking and we'll do a live broadcast mm -hmm. from the parking lot. And I always talk about it. People can experience uh, what I go through. It's the greatest thing on earth. Greatest thing. Oh, man. Coach Hauser, we really appreciate it. Thank you for taking time out of your night. I, uh, I hope the baseball season is a productive one for you all. And uh, get after it. Get some hardware at the end of this thing, Coach. And uh, if there's anything we could do for you, you let us know. Jr. Baseball guys are cool, man. Baseball we're guys pretty good. Cool. We're not bad people to hang around. No, we're all right. We're, we're not right. bad. Guys, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, the opportunity and and what you're doing for all the coaches in not only our area but all over the state. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Thank sir. you. For, uh, for J.R. Simmons and me, Coach Duke, this has been Process Preparation and Performance. God bless. Have a great night, folks.